hi. My name is Scott Eastman, and you're joining us for the Father Seekers Podcast. Joining me today, as always, is my friend Barry Edgman. Can you say hi, Barry? Hello, my man. What's shaking, bacon? Hey, I'm excited for our podcast today because I feel like we all have a past, and some of us recognize the past and, and carry it too much. And some of us don't address our past. And so I feel like there's, there's downsides, there's potholes, there's pitfalls in, in either one of those approaches to our past. And so I love this idea that we're going to take a few minutes and just talk about how we can reconcile our past with our present. You know, Scott, one of the things about the father seekers, uh, podcast and, and the social media content that we put out is that not just fatherless guys watch it, but I've had several ladies send the, uh, send notification to me and say, I love what you're doing. I love what you're saying. It helps me, hmm. but it also helps me understand my dude, like, yeah. Yeah. like what's going on with him. So, so just remember that when you're doing <laughs> Just another thing to add to our list, but especially focusing on fathers, fatherless guys, there has to be a reckoning. And I almost used that for the title, but I, but I didn't. But we have to reconcile and we have to reckon our past. We have to reckon it with the present because if we do not, we will repeat the past the rest of our lives and then it will extend into generations and have a negative effect on our kids and generations to come. So, yeah. so today's the day to deal with it. Like yeah. now is. I remember when I was growing up, uh, there was this tradition at the school I went to at St. Mary of the Angels Catholic School. And there was this tradition where eighth graders would always pick on, beat up, play rough with fourth graders, not fifth graders, not sixth graders, not seventh graders, not third graders. It was just this tradition where they would like beat the crap out of fourth graders. And so when you were a fourth grader, you couldn't wait to be an eighth grader again. So you could beat the crap out of somebody. <laughs> and so I, I tell you that story because I feel like we do that as dads, mm -hmm. right? Where we, mm -hmm. you know, where our dads treated us in such a way and we couldn't wait so we could grow up and have our own kids. So we could treat somebody mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the cycle you're talking about. Like there's nothing that says that that's cast in stone. And you got to keep that cycle going, mm -hmm. especially if that cycle is one that's hurtful and harmful and something that's got to be reckoned with. Well, so if you, if you, if you take that thought and, and magnify it a little bit, my dad was, I, I had vague memories of him for, for just a few years. And then, then I had to reach out and track him down after that. The deal, the deal is that, there's genetic genetic connections with our folks and there are things that pass on to us mm -hmm. regardless. But the other part of that is that how, how the moms respond to their kids in, in the deficit of the absence of dad, mm. like how they respond or how they treat or sure. how they say, yep. and then sometimes it magnifies the, the pain and the problem there. So, with that past, like I've heard people say many times, I just heard my mom's voice come out of my mouth or my dad's mm, voice, yep. and he's not been around forever. So we have that in us regardless. We 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 have parts of our parents in us, and, and what happens is when we have traumatic experience like being fatherless and that whole it's – it's a continuous – 
trauma for years. It's just one big trauma. Then we're going to repeat that by nature. We're going to repeat that by default. We're going to, we're just going to do what we've done. Yeah. I read a quote today. I love quotes. I, I just blast them all over social yeah, media. Yeah, you do. I kill it, man. Um, if I only got paid for those. <laughs> so one of the quotes said, you, you're, you're not what you say you are. You are what you, what you do. Yeah. Like what, not what you say you'll do. You are what, what you, you do. do. Yeah. Like I say, I'm going to work out, but if you don't see, you don't see my guns getting bigger, you know, I'm just, just yeah. trash talking. It's the same way with words that our parents say to us that carry us over into that whole, that whole trauma thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an over, I don't know if overuse is the right word, but a well-known illustration of how this works when we talk about how our past is our foundation. Mm. And so like, you know, up here, I don't know what it's like in Tennessee. Do you guys have basements in Tennessee? Bro, listen here. I'm asking. We do. Really? Yeah, man. We porty in those basements. Well, I'm not talking about like partying in your bed. I'm just talking, no, the, we're talking about not, construction right now, bro. All right. Construction. Oh, this goes back to whiskey and cigars no. with you. No, it's, we're talking about Tennessee, man. <laughs> you know, break the chain, baby. Come on. <laughs> anyway, but like when I think about that, when I think about like no building gets started, whether it's got a basement or just, you know, a block foundation, like nothing gets started without pouring the basement right without building the foundation and you don't even see the foundation mm -hmm. in the end right when it's done mm -hmm. you don't even see the foundation but nothing stands without that foundation and so when you go back and look at your foundation as a person whether you think you see it or not or whether other, other people see it or not it's there and you know it affects your stuck structural integrity mm -hmm. and so if your foundation is made up of bad experiences bad people or the absence of people that's, that's your foundation. And so if you feel like you're wobbly, if you feel like you're misconstructed, if you feel like, you know, you're ramshackle, that's because of your foundation. And there's nothing that says that you can't go back and fortify that, rebuild that, rectify it, reconcile it, reckon with it. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that says you can't go back and fix it, no. but you have to acknowledge it first. Right. So, so here's the deal. Like with guys, they, they either bury they bury underneath or they compartmentalize or third, they ignore and find something else to cover that. Like a lot of my friends who are not Jesus dudes, they medicate with mm. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some prescribed, some not. Some not in, in some things, not just booze and, and pills or, or weed or whatever, but with women, pornography, gambling i cannot tell i cannot tell you how many guys gamble and i'm not just talking about casino you can be at home in your den on your phone and be be addicted to gambling yeah and i know guys i know a guy that spent five thousand dollars on video games in one month gosh for phones on his phone man five that's a lot of scratch <laughs> you know it's funny you say that about gambling and about recklessness because i feel like that's that's a that's a form of gambling i was talking with a, a couple this week just about some struggles that they're going through and and she had said like i think it has to do with his gambling addiction i think that this this reckless lifestyle is mm. because he's kind of playing russian roulette mm. like he's just trying to like he loves the thrill of like 
would this be the thing that pushes this whole thing to fall apart? And they love living on the edge because of whatever, right? But that's a broken thing in you, bro. Like if you, if you're addicted to like running, you know, all over the place because you, you love the fear that you might or might not get caught. That's a sign yeah, that yeah. There's, there's brokenness but, but, but there. All, all of what we've just said is just the sign, just the tip of the iceberg where that's all past stuff, but now we're reacting to past without dealing with the past, reconciling. There's only one way. If you don't believe this, fine. But for 60 seconds, let's uh, suppose that I'm right. Okay. Let's say that Jesus is, I believe, as do you, he is the only way mm-hmm. not to fix, but to, to, to reconcile by reckoning for healing our past and everybody there is nobody excluded has a past that needs to be healed. Everybody. And the quicker a man, a fatherless man understands that he will not by default reproduce in his kids what is in him. And I will tell you, our kids become what we are by default. So you can, you can model Jesus or you can model you and see how far that gets you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I, I feel like the people that don't know Jesus, like we know Jesus will find that they don't feel like they can ever forgive their past, right? They'll never be able to forgive the people that hurt them. They'll never be able to forget or forgive themselves for the things or the ways that they've hurt others. And so mm-hmm. without Jesus, I don't know how you'd ever do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd ever health. I don't know how you'd ever, ever healthfully work through reconcile or, you know, reckon with your past. Well, but, but it's like this, you know, that and you, you saw it and commented on it, but that, that little commercial, not a commercial, little video short vid that I put up yesterday about this kid rescuing a sheep out of a ditch, yep. like a narrow ditch. Like yep. how do you go, you got all this ground all around you, safe ground, but you want to walk on air in the middle of this ditch here. Right. So this sheep walks, gets stuck. He gets delivered the guy picks him up, he, the sheep scurries away because he's afraid, whatever, and then he runs and jumps 50 yards, jumps, and boom, right back in the ditch. Yep. That's what we do as men when we don't get healed by Jesus. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, you can say it's not true. You can click your heels and say, I want to go home, Dorothy, but it's not Kansas anymore. But I'm telling you that we, by nature, imitate health or trauma. And that's the thing, the cycle you're talking about, we're passing on to our kids. Like, I feel like that's the theme of just about every conversation you and I have around this idea of fatherless fathers and father seekers and under fathered fathers. Under under fathered is a great word, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I feel like we talk about this a lot, like like you have an obligation to stop it for your kids. Like, and, and it's stoppable. It's stoppable. So if you have this idea that I need to reconcile past hurt, whether it's the hurts that I've experienced or the hurts that I've applied to others, like you've got to get there because otherwise you're going to pass it on to your kids. Your kids are becoming who you are, whether you like it or not, both like you had alluded to genetically and culturally, you know, they're going to watch you. They're watching everything you do. You're not raising, you know, someone else's kid. You're raising your kid. So they're, I mean, like, I don't know how you can look at your kid, son or daughter and look at them and, and not feel this, like this pressure to like have them not experience the same pain that you felt. So if you ever looking at your kid and you're like, I'm just going to pass this on to them. If you're like, mm-hmm. no, now they it, can, now they yeah. can suck it. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's uh, by default and in default, uh, the default pattern 
is the most dangerous pattern in in manhood. It's the most, if you don't deal, if you don't measure, if you don't calculate, if you don't plan, you will by default fall. Right. And and like, and I love that because sometimes we think of default as being, I don't know, like, well, this is just the way it would be. What, I mean, this is just the way it would be is not an answer. It's not an answer that, that would make you live a fuller life. That would make your kids live a fuller life. That would make your spouse or their mom live a fuller life. Like the default is not what's going to keep things going in a positive direction. It's just going to be like that lamb, right? Well, well, Gets yeah. pulled out of a ditch. I'm free. Right into another ditch. Um, pulled out of a ditch. Yeah. Well, I think, I think after a while, I know Jesus rescues us and delivers us, but we got to put in the work too. And one of the ways to put in the work is not run back at the ditch and jump in it. So I read the other day to, to tag on to this thought, how many people in your, in your heritage, in your line, in your ancestral line, did it take for you to get here? Yeah. Have you seen that? No. All right. It takes over 4,000 people for you and I to be here today. Wow. Like uh, when it started somewhere, 4,000 people over years, hundreds of years. So what I'm saying to you and the guys and ladies, gals, whoever's listening, what I'm saying to you is that there is stuff that comes down our family line there, there are things that, that are embedded unless we become the guy that's right here that says, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to break this, and I'm yes. going to start living Jesus, then boom. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Listen, we're out of time for this episode. So we're going to do a second part of this episode where we start talking about, you know, what reconciliation to your past can look like. We've talked about like what wrecking your, <laughs> wrecking your life, your past has done, but we're going to get to a point where we talk about like what it looks to reconcile that. So listen, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please uh, rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to it so more and more people will be aware that this podcast exists and share it with a friend who might be a fatherless father or an underfathered father. So thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>